0: Well, this is one of those shouting sermons. Can I hear it? Amen. Yeah. All right. We are going to talk about tithing this morning and giving and, uh, something that we don't like to do. I'll be honest with you. Pastor never, or at least this pastor, doesn't ever really like to talk about it. I don't. I don't get any joy out of talking about giving because I, I know that it's not a favorite subject. Um, but it is important to the church. And it's important to us as, as Christians when we realize and we learn what God has to say about, about tithing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says this, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for the privilege of, of being able to give. And God, this morning, may we realize and recognize that, that It is your plan for the church people to give back to the work of the kingdom. And I thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we were, we were at a pastor's meeting the other night and, and the subject got brought up about tithing. And, and I was kind of shocked at some of the, some of the things I heard that some churches actually do. Uh, and, and they actually go through the membership list and they go through the tithing records and if you didn't give what that church thought was a tithe, they contact you and say, this this one church in particular, and I won't mention what it was, but this guy was telling me that this one church, they actually go to you and say, okay, how much did you make last year? And you did not tithe, so now you owe last year's tithe, and you owe, need to start tithing this year, or else we will take away your membership. Now, i we would never do that. I don't look at your tithe records. I don't, obviously don't look at your W-2s. <laughs> Um, and I don't expect you to ever show them to me. I don't want to know. All, but but it, I was shocked when I was told that because it's a very very huge AG church that does this, and I was shocked. Um, we would never do that. I would never propose to do that. Uh, but you hear different pastors talk about what they do, and everybody does it a little different uh, when it talks about tith- when we go to tithing. Most pastors that I've talked to do not look at tithing records. They do not ask about tithing unless there's a need to know for them to look at those. So anyway, and and so please be assured that uh, that kind of thing is not going to happen. Um, But one of the things we do need to understand is God did set out in motion the tithing from his people. There's lots of surveys out there, and I'm not a big survey person, so you take as much stock in surveys as you want to. I don't take a lot of stock, but I still sometimes see some that are interesting. And, and from, from experience, oh yeah. I forgot the Bibles, didn't I? I got so excited about the sermon. Alright, hold the Bibles up. There you go. This is God's Word for me today. So we've, so we've already read the Scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. Had one guy say, talk about that, and I, I don't know if you remember the video we showed, oh, some time ago, it was this church in this, they, when they did the offering, this guy's dancing all over the place with his offering, just so excited to give. Now, if one, anybody needs to do that when we start taking up the offering, feel free, just run around and shout and dance and, you know, um, But but one of the things we understand is God did design it, and and there's this study said that only eighteen percent of Christians give regularly. Okay, Um, we think eighteen percent give regularly. Now whether or not who 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 takes these surveys, I don't know. I've never been surveyed about it, Um, but that's one of the surveys that's out there. Malachi chapter three verses eight through ten say this: Will a man rob God? See, the thing we need to understand, it's the attitude involved that makes the most difference. So the question you might ask is, do I have to pay my tithe? Well, the question is very similar to, do I have to pray? Do I have to read my Bible? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to be nice to people? Do I have to do all these things? Well, if your attitude is, I don't want to read my Bible, I don't want to pray, I don't want to go to church then, yeah, there's a problem. If I don't want to give to God what he's asked of me, then there's a problem. So it's an attitude. It starts with an attitude uh, that, that we live out in life. And and so I, I, I ask you this question. What if you only did everything you had to do? Okay, Grant, I have to go to work. Okay, so I do that. But when I come home, I don't have to be nice to my wife. I mean, I should be. And things are going to go better if I do. I don't have to do dishes. If I leave them set long enough, she'll do them. I, no, I see, that sounded bad. I didn't mean it. It's not my job to do dishes. It's not her job to do dishes. Some We, we work on that together. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things in life I do. I don't have to go fishing. Now, there's something inside of me that sometimes tells me different, but... I don't have to do that I don't have to do a lot of the things I do but I do it why I want to I do the things I have to do plus then I go above and beyond that and I do a lot of things in life because I want to do it how sad it would be if I only did what I had to do and so the question comes to us as God's people do we only do what we have to do are we looking at a set of regulations that say well You have to attend so many times or else I have to give so much or else I have to do this, this and this volunteer so much or else. Or do we say, you know what, as a Christian, I want to do everything I can to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to do everything I can to increase the kingdom of God. And that's both in 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 my in my physical self and in my finances and in my spiritual life. And it involves the whole person. It involves everything that do I want to be a part of the kingdom of God? Do I want to do everything I can to build the kingdom of God? You see, because as a Christian, one of the most driving things should be, I want to help build the kingdom of God. Well, how do I do that? However God asks you to. Whatever I can do to build. And so, do I only do what I have to do? Or do I do things because I think, because I want to? I want to do this for God. I want to do... Now, there's times we have to do things we don't want to do, right? Sometimes when the pastor asks you to do something you don't really want to, but you know if you don't do it, nobody else does, you say, well, I'll do it reluctantly, but you, you know. There are times, believe me, I no, I can't say that the pastor sometimes does things you don't want to do, but because that, that might be true. Anyway, um... We do things sometimes we don't want to do because we need, we know they need to be done. But how, how much, how much better is it when we're doing things we want to do? I, I don't know about you, but I enjoy the things I want to do more than the things I have to do, right? Don't you? And that's why it's the attitude that's so important in our giving. Because if you're giving with an attitude, I want to do everything I can for the kingdom of God. I want to do everything I can to help the church be a part of building the kingdom of God. Then the attitude begins to say, hey, I want to give all I can give. You see, if the doctor prescribes you medication, you have a choice to make, don't you? Do I take it and do what I should do, or do I refuse to? There are consequences, right? I like this. Love loves to give. When you are truly in love, you will not stop at what is required of you. Love drives us to go beyond what is required. So, one of the greatest ways we can attribute that is a a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife situation. When you fall in love, you truly don't just want to do what you have to do, correct? Some of you are wondering here. There's be some conversations at home today. Uh. When you fall in love, guys, just let me give you some advice. When you fall in love, you're not just going to want to do what you have to do. You're going to come up with creative ideas to show that person that you love them. Ladies, I, ladies are usually a little bit better at that from the start than guys are. So, when you translate that into your love for God, when you fall in love with God, not only are you going to do the things you have to do, but you're going to want to do more than what you have to do to, to please Him, to bring honor and glory to Him. A little math equation, 10% is 10%. not an equation, it's actually a fact, okay? 10% is 10%. So, I got a story that I could butcher real bad, or I'll, I'll tell the one that I've got. They're both about the same. There was a man from Arkansas, wasn't Uncle Jed, I don't think. Anyway, he was poor, but he was a faithful giver. One day, they found oil on his land, and he was making $300,000 a month. He then commented to the pastor that giving $30,000 a month in tithe was too much, and he couldn't afford it. The pastor said he agreed, and said they should pray that his oil fields would dry up so he could go back to being poor, so he wouldn't have so much to give and tithe. The man realized his error and repented. See, we kind of talked about this a little bit, even in Sunday school this morning. And I, I kind of grinned, you know. Because sometimes the more blessed we are, the more we feel like we can't give to God because oh, that's too much. I think, again, when we think of the attitude behind our giving, it's, it's, not, it's not whether it's too much or too little. It's that I want to give everything, and I want to do what God wants me to do. Another thing about tithing is we become a partner with God. You see, God can do whatever God wants to do without your eyes help. That's just the facts. If God when God wants to do something, he doesn't need me. When God wants to do something miraculous, he doesn't need you. He didn't need Billy Graham to do everything he did. He didn't need any great evangelist or pastor to do it. He could have done it without, but he chooses to use people. We see that all throughout the Bible. We see that he chose to use people to do the work that he wanted to do, to accomplish the things that he wants accomplished. And so, most of us like to be a part of something great, don't we? If we could choose, well, I want to be a part of something, well, I can either be a part of something that's, not very good, or something that's good, and we choose that, we would choose to partner with something good. So when we tithe, we are saying, God, I am going to partner with you in your kingdom because that's the only real good thing there is. All these other things in life are okay, but God, your kingdom is good, and your kingdom is eternal. Your kingdom is going to be the only thing that lasts forever. We were talking a little bit uh, about... When we die, how much money you have now? And, and the billions of dollars that some people have, how much does Bill Gates have? 92 B billion dollars. Mark Zuckerberg, 44 billion dollars. So, <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me, let me do this. Lamont, stand up. Are you worth a billion dollars? No, not today. Are you worth a million dollars? Yes, I am. In cash? No. Okay. <laughs> when Lamont dies, how much are you taking with you? None. When Mark Zuckerberg dies, how much is he taking with him? Nothing. What's going with you when you die? In the spiritual, what's going with My you? Soul. If you don't have Christ, when you die, you take nothing. The Bible teaches us the only thing that's done for only things done for Christ will last. So, billions don't impress God. Your heart impresses God. You see David was a very wealthy king, wasn't he? He had everything he could ever want. And he failed. God wasn't impressed by his his beauty and by his castle that he built, that God built through him. What God was impressed was was that when David fell and the prophet came, David recognized his sin. I'm spitting. I'll put it back up. He recognized his sin and he repented. His heart was what God looked at. He didn't redeem him because he was king. He redeemed him because his heart was soft at that moment. And he repented and he turned from that sin. And God restored his heart back to where it should be. And So what we see is that we become a partner with God, not because of whether or not we, we have a lot, because he does, the, the widow's mite, what did, what did Jesus say in the temple when all the rich people were dropping their big bags of gold and the little w- widow brought in two mites? He didn't say, Oh, that poor woman. She just don't have very much, poor woman. He said, She's the richest one of them all, in a sense. She gave more than ever. Her heart is right where theirs is not. Why? Because she gave from her heart everything she had. He wasn't standing at the door saying, well, you better give it all. She came with her heart tuned to God and said, I don't know where she found her two mites. I don't know how long she saved. I don't know what, the Bible doesn't tell us all that. All it said was, she came into the temple with her heart decided, I'm giving him everything. And then I'm going to let him be God. Her heart was more about God than it was about what she could do on this earth. She wanted to be a partner with God in her finances. You see, one thing about God is he knows, he knows how much you make. He knows how much you give. So if you really want to be a partner with God, you just turn it all over to Him and say, God, I will do what you want me to do. And then I'll just let you be God. In my life. We talk about worship. We come in and we call our service a worship service. We call the songs that we sing worship, and they are. And this is a worship service. But worship goes way beyond our singing and way beyond our preaching and way beyond all those things. Worship, again, is about the heart and about everything that we are and everything that we possess, and, and do I worship God with everything that I am and everything that I have? And again, that's up to us, and it's up to our attitude towards God. Am I more concerned about whether or not I drive a nicer car than somebody else, or am I more concerned about whether or not I'm giving God what is God's and pleasing Him? See, I, I believe according to scripture we are to try to please God, not in a not in a, in a in a appeasing type of way, like, well, I'll keep giving until he's happy, but in a way that says I will please him if I simply do what he asks of me. If I'm simply obedient, he's pleased. I I don't have to go above and beyond that obedience. I don't I don't have to give everything everything that I have unless he asked it of me. Very few times did he ask for that in the Scripture. And even when, when Ananias and Sapphira came, and the only reason that that was a problem is because they lied to God and said, here, I'm giving it all, and they really didn't. He didn't tell them to give it all. They said they gave it all, and they really didn't. So their heart still wasn't right. So again, it's not about the amount that we're giving. It's the worship from our heart that says, Lord, if I've got two cents to give, and that, that's my worship to you. If I've got $200 to give, I'm worshiping you with it. If I've got $2,000, praise God, I'm worshiping you, Lord, because you've blessed me. What it is, so it's not about the amount. It's about the worship in our heart. God knows how much we make. God knows how much we give. And is He pleased with that? Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says this for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Why is it so hard to give? Well, how many is there anybody in this room that didn't think about your finances this week? That just have so much that you just write checks and you 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 buy stuff just whatever you want whenever you want because you know what there's an endless fund because if that's you, we need to get to be closer friends. (laughs) I don't know anybody, including the pastor of the church, when it comes to the church stuff, that you don't have to think, where are the finances? Where are we at? Is this something that we can afford? There's nothing wrong with that. We do need to be concerned. We can't be foolish. Too many times... I hear I have heard in my life people say, "Well, yeah, I went out and bought this this new car. Now I just got to pray that God helps me pay for it." <laughs> Maybe the cart before the horse. Just saying. But we get so wrapped up in what we need and what we want and 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 all the things that we forget that it first and foremost is we got to we got to be obedient to God. And I think if we're honest, we'll probably, probably everybody in here would have to say, well, there's probably been a time or two in my life when I've spent money that God probably thought I should give to Him. And I spent it anyway. Dave told me a story many years ago. Dave, can I share this story about the topper? Dave wanted to buy this topper real bad. And so he used his tithe. It's been a lot of years ago. He's repented. <laughs> He used his tithe to buy this topper. He got this topper and, oh man, it was all great until all of a sudden it was all eat up and rotted and just fell apart. I don't have the story completely, 100%, but that's the gist of it, right, Dave? And he realized he used God's money for something that he shouldn't. Now, maybe that has never happened to you. Maybe it never will. I'm not saying that's how God always works. But generally, God will stir our hearts when we're not being obedient. Whether it be in something in this life or in our finances, no matter what it is, God will stir our hearts and kind of show us that maybe we are not being completely obedient to Him. Another thing we should understand is tithing is a privilege. I, I should... I, I'm not saying I do this, don't get me wrong, but realistically, every time my wife writes out my tithe check our tithe check, I should say, thank you, Lord. What an awesome thing that I can put this, that I can put this in your offering. I should be so excited to be able to give. And, and sometimes it can seem like, whoa, can I really afford to do that? Instead of, thank you, Lord. Whew, not wave it in front of the people, but wave it before God and say, God, thank you because you have enabled me to give thank you you know that's, that's a principle that we need to probably learn it's not going to be easy but it's a principle we need to learn i am so excited that i can that i have the privilege of giving back to god a portion of what he's given to me the point of faithfully giving is tithe there's not money it's not man it's god the reason It's because God is dealing with us. God wants to see whether or not we will be faithful and we will be obedient. Tithing provides financial plan for the church. If 100% of God's people loved tithing, there would never be a need left unmet. Not in the church. Not in the community. You think, oh, pastor, that's not... Yeah, that's the way God set it up. God originally set it up so that the church could take care of not only their group, but anybody that had need. You, you don't believe me. That's the truth. Why don't we do that, pastor? Because not 100% of the people... Christians, I'm not talking about this church. I'm saying Christians. Everybody that calls themselves a Christian, if they would tithe, they it would be unbelievable what we could do... To the for the people in our communities. Welfare, I'm not saying we can get rid of all the government programs. I don't know that, but I know that we could sure knock them down in the creek a lot. If we would just, every Christian across the world would be obedient and tithe. One, financially it would be there. Two, think about what it would do to the hearts of people. Think about the unity that would be in the body of Christ. Think about the power that we would have if we were all in unity and all gave according to what God has asked us to do. Tithing is a plan that God has given us to help grow and develop us into the people He wants us to be. Oh, is tithing that important? It is to God. It will build us, it'll build character into us that we can't imagine. I don't have approval to say this, so I'm just going to say it this way. If you ever question whether or not your pastor ties, you grab one of your board members because they don't know, and you say, I need to know if the pastor ties. And then that board member can go get somebody that has access to the record, and they'll take you in there. And if you have to know, they can say, yes, uh, according to this, it sure looks like he does, or no, he doesn't you ever question it, don't ever question it. You grab a board member and you say, I want to find out if the pastor ties." I will guarantee you, I do. But if you question that, I give you permission to grab a board member and to find out the truth. Okay, that's, that's your privilege as a member. If you're a member of this church, that's your privilege. Don't say they have to tell you how much, but if you question it, I give you permission. Board members, I give you permission. Anybody that touches the books, I give you permission. If somebody really needs to know, to find a task you, and you can tell them whether you think according to the giving that you pastor ties. Why? Because I have to? No! Because I love to give to God. I have seen what God can do when we work together financially to build His kingdom. I've seen the lives that have been touched and helped because we have believed in giving. I've seen the blessing my wife has been when God has laid on her heart to give above and beyond something she ever got credit for at the church. And she says, usually says, Terry, you care if I give? And I'm, I think I trust God. If God's telling her, she's my wife, why would I stand in the way? It's not about the amount. It's about the heart behind it. Greed and selfishness can be defeated when we truly give God the freedom to do what He wants to do in our lives financially. Is money a sin? Is it a sin to have a billion dollars or 44 billion? Not in and of itself. <laughs> if you're doing with it what God wants you to do with it, no, it wouldn't be. You see, it's not money that's the evil, it's the love of money as we know in Scripture. And I'm not going to take time to read through the rest of these Scriptures. But you have them in your and you can take them home and read them. You see, God... I would rather have 90% of my income blessed than 100% of it not blessed by God. I want His blessings. One of the questions that's been asked, well, why didn't Jesus teach about tithing? Why didn't Jesus? Well, one, I, I believe that the New Testament church didn't really need to be told about tithing. They knew how to tithe. I believe they tithe. Matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, they gave everything mostly, a lot of times. So Jesus didn't need to deal with them on tithing. They were taught and trained to tithe. Even the rich whose heart wasn't really right, they tithe. Okay? But he does leave us with two instances, I believe. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe Mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now, some people who say there's no reason to tithe because the New Testament doesn't talk about it, stop right there. But the rest of that scripture says, Jesus says to them, you ought to have these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He says, you should have been doing them both. You should have been doing them all. You tithe and you take care of people. You do it all. Okay? Matthew twenty two sixteen through 21. We're going to close. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodian, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion. I like that. <sighs> For you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put... Me to the test, you hypocrites. Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. What does God asked for? Throughout the scripture the old testament it was a constant 10% a tithe a tithe literally means 10% so i'm going to i'm just simply going to say the tithe is above and beyond your missions giving don't take your missions out of your tithes that's not the way it's set up but i'm just it's just simply between you and god it really is i'm not going to check up on you nobody else is going to check up on you. yeah are there people that know how much you give? Well they have to because they have to record it okay but do they report to me? No they do not. I've never asked and those who count the money could attest to that. We don't I don't look I just simply trust that God is going to do what God needs to do. So it's between you and God how you how you administer that is between you and God. But as a pastor, it's also between me and God whether or not I share with you the need and also the responsibility that God has placed on his people to be faithful givers. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, I know this is a message that doesn't bring a lot of people to the altar, but God, I do believe it's a message that checks our spirit. I do believe it's a message that can bring conviction I do believe it's a message, Lord, that can help us evaluate our, our true relationship with you, because God, money is an important thing in our lives. And Lord, may that money not drive us, but may your Spirit help us to use that money according to your plan and your purpose in our, in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, in all the things that we give, and all the ways we help people, God, help us to use wisely what you have given us. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to see in this church the importance of giving back to you the tithe of our finances. Lord, I know may, maybe not everyone in here agrees with this sermon, and I can understand that maybe they've been taught other ways, and that's okay, but God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to see your plan and your purpose in this message this morning. God, I love you. I love each one of these people in here. They're, they're part of my flock. And God, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stand together and we're going to love one another and we're going to see your kingdom built, not because of us, but because we build it on the solid rock Christ Jesus and on your word and on your principles. God, I ask that your word would not return void, that your Holy Spirit would show us your plan and your purpose as we go from this place today. And I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.